And she's also invested into your life and your kingdom, that your kingdom is advanced, your kingdom is expanding in and through her. And I thank you for the mysteries, Lord God, that you have revealed to her that they are no longer hidden, but they are mysteries that have been opened up to her and that she will open up to us. And yesterday I text her because as I was thinking about today, my spiritual mouth was watering for the feast that we're going to have today. That's what it felt like and that's what I texted her and said, that we must be expectant to hear God's voice. So we bless you and we release you into the spirit that you've just, as you stepped up here, you've stepped into the realm of faith and walk by faith and live by faith and speak by faith to God's glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone says amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this. Oh, Um, there's children's ministry. Um, Would the children please like to to follow the, uh, the workers? I know, children, you'd like to stay. One day you will. So this morning, I'd like to um, call this message a call to arms. Um, I wasn't quite sure. I was never sure about what the picture's going to be, but I know that God is painting something, and it may be very different for each and every one of you. So, but, but ultimately, this is a call to arms, you know, and that means whatever tool God has given you, this is the time for you to begin to, to sharpen it and get it ready and to begin to use it. So I'm going to look at two parables, and these are very um, well-known parables to all of us. One about the ten virgins, and then the other one that follows it is about uh, the master that gave his servants the talents. And um, as I read... Both of the, uh, the parables, God showed me different things in both of them. They're all connected, and it really excited me. So this is the, um, uh, oh, I've got the wrong version. Sorry, let me try and get the version that I want. I want the New King James. Right, there it is. Modern technology. <clears throat> right, so uh, this is Matthew 25 and verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lamps, And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability to each according to his own ability, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. 
Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and bought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him, give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the first thing I wanted to look at was um, the ten virgins. Now in some ways, that parable starts off at the end. It tells us that they were ten virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. And knowing what they were like, it almost clouds our judgment of their behaviour. Because as we read about the things that they did, we make the assumption that we wouldn't have done what the foolish ones did. First and foremost, they all looked alike. They were all ten virgins. And they all had, there was nothing to distinguish the foolish from the wise. They all had lamps. And there was no way of knowing how much oil was in the lamp. Please look at your neighbour and say, which one are you? They all knew each other. They had served together, they laboured together, they were at the right place at the right time, and they were all waiting for the same thing. But which one are you? What they needed was not visible, the oil in their lamps. There's no way of knowing how much of God is in you or your, your neighbour. We know that people can perform like Christians, it doesn't always make them Christians. So there was an indication that there was oil in their lamps, but we don't know how much. But the oil that was in their lamps was not something that was transferable. The oil that we understand is the anointing of God. It's not something that you can buy or trade. And we know that from um, when the disciples were operating in their gifts and Simon wanted to buy. He wanted to buy their gifts but you cannot buy it. It's what you cultivate 
from your relationship and your time with the Lord. So, we, we look, so if we looked at the, the virgins and we looked at their conduct, they were waiting for the bridegroom. It was a Jewish tradition of that time that as the bridegroom came to meet his bride in the evening, that the bridesmaids would go out and they would light his path. That was what their role was. And on this particular occasion, he delayed in coming and they all slept. When they heard he was coming, they got, got up, got ready, trimmed their lamps, and some of them realised that they didn't have enough oil. Now, if you could imagine that we had ten people standing here, they were called virgins because they were pure. So yeah, if we had ten people standing here, and they were going on a trip or a mission, and they all needed oil, and the five that didn't have enough oil said to the five that had oil, could you give me some? Now, many of you would say, okay. But what God wants you to realise is sometimes you have to say no. And it's not an easy thing for us Christians who walk in love to be able to say no. But sometimes we have to say no. Because it's not transferable. And we cannot be governed by emotions. And for those that said or would say, yes, you can have some of my oil, you would then go from being wise to being foolish in that simple gesture of kindness because that is not what the Lord would have want you, wanted you to do at that time. And it may sound harsh and cruel. Why would the Lord not want me to share with them? Well, because God prepares you for everything. They knew that they were going to be bridesmaids. They hadn't just found out. They knew the tradition. They knew the role. They knew the equipment. They knew what was required. But they had continued to disobey. They put off. They delayed. They didn't take it seriously. One, one scripture in the Amplified Version, it says, five of them were foolish, which means that they were thoughtless. They were silly. They were careless. And the five others were wise, they were far-sighted, they were practical and they were sensible. And they were far-sighted because they had been told. And the foolish chose not to do what they needed to do to be ready for what they had, for what they had in store. And we must be careful how we use our oil and who we give it to. Because some people are not deserving of it. And they've had the same opportunity that you've had. And in doing things that you shouldn't do, it can alter the course of your destiny. So it was foolish for them not to have enough oil. And how do you know how much oil you need? Well, the Bible said that it's God that gives us talents according to, to his ability. God knows what you need and he knows how much oil you need and he will provide you with what you need. Because of the grace of God, he never sets you up to fail. He always sets you up to succeed. Therefore, the foolish virgins were the ones that did not take heed. They didn't listen, they didn't believe, or they thought they could delay, or a combination of the above. But God is setting you up to succeed. 
and your success glorifies him. Your success is the light and the lamp that people need to see. So I was thinking about, oh, that's interesting. Um, it's interesting how you can, we cannot differentiate between people. Only God can. And they needed the oil. They had, some of them had oil. Those that had oil were allowed in to, to the wedding. Those that had bought the oil and came back, they said, um, let us in. And they were told, we don't know you. Now, when I thought about that, I thought, right, if my husband, as an example, if he was one of the virgins that had to go and get the oil, he'd come back, and if you said to him, you can't come in, he'd say, why not? You told me to get the oil. I've got the oil. And now you're telling me, I can't come in. Why not? And then they're told, because I don't know you. But you never said that I need to know. You told me to get oil. So that made me think, right, is there a different qualification, Lord? What is the purpose of the oil? Well, the oil is what we use on earth. It gets us to the door. It doesn't qualify us. It's a tool that God blesses us with to get through life, to do what he's called us to do. But once we get to that place of judgment or or qualification, there's a further course for us to go through. When you go to the cinema, for example, you buy your ticket, you've got your ticket, and you still have to go to the usher. There's another, another tier of security. When you go to a wedding, you go because you're invited. We are all invited. We still have to take our invitation, and they still check on their list, is your name there? So the oil is just the first stage. Then I was looking at the following uh, parable about the talents. And I, I was reading about, you know, the, the master was going away and there was three different servants that he gave talents to. to. To add some context to the talents, if I was to call them five million, two million and one million, let me give the talent, the gift that God has placed in you some value because he values it I don't want to equate it to a coin but I want to give you something that you could think about if you had a million pounds what would you do if you had two million or five million what God deposits in you is valuable so he gives out his he gives the talents to the three individuals and then off he goes and he's gone for some time a considerable amount of time. During that time, the servants used the talents. In the King James Version, the first two servants, the one with five and the one with two, they immediately went and began to, to, to um, use the talents and to multiply it. They did it immediately. The one with one million had an issue with his master. He was scared, um, didn't agree with how his master had lived his life, so he buried it. And the Bible calls him a wicked and evil servant. And I was thinking, why, why Lord? Why was he wicked and evil? We know that he was lazy, because the Bible says he was lazy. 
what he did was he had a million dollars, a million pounds, and he buried it. Who would bury a million, a million pounds? None of us would. So the Lord showed me that he had this view of his master. The master was perhaps not worthy of having that amount of money. Perhaps he had arrived at it through unscrupulous means. But in the servant's behaviour, he judged him and he treated him in the wicked way that the master was. He was wicked to not maximise the talent that he was given. He was wicked not to say, not to be honest and say, I don't want it because... But he returned evil for evil. He returned wickedness for wickedness. And we do that. We have that way of making judgment. But, the, but God has never, ever told us to return wickedness for wickedness. He always tells us to return good for evil, to do the godly thing, to do the right thing before the eyes of the Lord. And we see that the two with the five and the two, they, had did, they did the right thing in the eyes of the Lord. So the evil servant was guilty of the sin of hypocrisy and they are the greatest fools them that are wise in their own conceit. So we've all got these talents and we need to use them and we cannot transfer them. Imagine if Usain Bolt was lazy. Imagine if Lewis Hamilton or Serena Williams. Imagine if they never maximised their talent. Imagine if Mike never painted or Pastor Kelly never gave her time to the Lord or Brenda never made her lovely cakes. Imagine what life would be like without people using their talents. And yet God has given us all something. Something. And it is unique and it is individual. So you're, and you're, that's why your talent and your gift is not transferable. Because you can't transfer it. I can't ask Patrick to come and lay hands on me and I sing like a bird. That, if God didn't give me that that ability to sing, I ain't going to sing like a bird. <laughs> so God has given you your ability. He's given you what fits you, what suits you. He's given you what you need for your journey of life. And this is what successful people do. Man is, a, man is made to God's design. And design is the ability to plan and develop with a particular purpose or intention in view. Because we were each created to fulfil a purpose, we have been equipped by God with the capacity to be good at some things, but not good at everything. We have the capacity to be good at some things, but not everything. To excel at some tasks, but not every task. Successful people... Are those successful people are always those who know or who have discovered what their strengths are and spend the rest of their life getting better and better at what they are already good at doing. That's all you have to do. You have to cultivate what you're good at. It can be, you know, it can be massive talents, or it could simply be like the people that supported Etla, the people that will go and sit down with you and hold your hand, the people that will make you a cup of tea, 
the people that will encourage you, the people that would pray for you, the people that would send you a text message. You know, God has given you a gift and an an ability, and we are all required to use them. So going back to, you know, the criteria of, of getting in, we have the oil. And the oil, as I've said before, is for now. It, it's it's for, for us to, to have the ability to, to do the things God's asked us to do. But it's only for here on earth. In 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 8, the Bible says that love never fails. But if there are prophecies, they shall fail. If there are tongues, they shall cease. And if there is knowledge, it shall, it shall vanish. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect comes, then that which is imperfect shall pass away. We live in an imperfect world, and God gives us the anointing to help us navigate through the imperfections of life. And the Bible says that now we see through a glass dimly, but then face to face. Amen? So we have the tools that God has given us to use with our talents on our life's journey. So why, why is it that God would say that I never knew you? And that's what I began to ponder on. I've got the oil, gone to church, used my talents, or maybe I didn't use all my talents. And God challenges us to use our talents because when the two servants, the good and faithful servants, because of their obedience to what they were asked to do, their reward was that they were called good and faithful. They were told that because you've been faithful in a little, I'm going to give you more. So they were going to have abundance. And finally, they were told come and enter into the joy of the Lord. They were told to come and partake of the the Lord's company, of his presence. They were told to come and, I want to spend time with you. I like what you've done. You've made me proud. When you have children that just excel in what they're supposed to excel in, you're a proud parent. You're a proud aunt, uncle. And the Lord is proud of you when you do the little that he's asked you to do. He never says you've been faithful over a lot. He says you've been faithful over a small thing. And that's all he ever asks you to do. The small things. The small things. Because he's equipped you to do the small things. And then when you do that, he wants to spend time with you. You qualify yourself. You enter into that presence because you've, you've believed, you've trusted. So when the virgins got to the door and they said, let us in, and they were told, I don't know you, I was thinking, right, so how do they know you? Well, you know him when you use your gifts. That's how you qualify yourself, using your gifts and your abilities. Why? Why, I said, Lord, Why? Because many of you and I, with skills and gifts and abilities, we can't use them without him. It's a frightening place. We cannot, we cannot do it on our own. When Usain Bolt stands at the beginning of a race, 
He always does this. Does he not? When he's running for those 10 seconds, even though the person that comes second is nowhere near him, he still needs God. It's just him and the Lord. When I stand here, God, help me. When you sing, God, help me. Whatever you do at work, God, help me. God, I don't know what to say. Give me the words. God, I don't know if if I'm going to survive the day at work. Help me. God, shape me. God, mold me. God, use me. God, propel me. God, I need you. And in doing what he's called us to do, that's how we know him and that's how he knows us. The oil just gets you to the door, but we have to do what he's called us to do. And I just thought, wow, Lord, wow. You know, for those of us that may be reluctant to use our skills, that may not know what they are, that may be afraid or shy, it's a time to, to, to rise up. It's the time to be faithful in those small things, small things. Don't ever compare yourself to someone else because we've each been given individual skills and talents. You cannot compare. God doesn't compare. You should not compare. So I was thinking, wow, Lord, that's, that's just amazing. That in doing the simple things that God is so pleased and then he blesses you with more. We never, once we begin to enter in, once we begin to be faithful in those small things, guess what? You don't stay there. God gives you more. So you might start off with this talent and then he'll show you this one and you think, I can't do that, God. I've just learned to do this one. Please, Lord, leave me. Let me, let me just be comfortable. But no, he'll give you this challenge and he'll want you to move over here and you need him more. And then, because you've been faithful with this one, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you another one. And he'll give you another gift, another skill. And then he'll bless you. And he'll open more doors. And then you need him more. And on it goes, and on it goes, and on it goes. Amen? You're never, ever on your own. I looked at the life of the one that had a million pounds. Now, looking at our gifts and abilities... You know, I I put a a monetary value on it because it is valuable. You know, and sometimes we don't think it is because it may come so natural to us. But it's valuable to the Lord because he gave it to you and it's valuable to those who benefit from it. Who would bury a million pounds? A fool, amen, like the virgins. But they look like you and I. Which one are you? (laughs) Which one are you? There is no comfort zone. In Matthew 25 and verse 29, the Bible says, For to everyone who has, more will be given. What a blessing. When you have and you've been faithful, the Bible says that more will be given and he will have an abundance. For those of you that pray for more, for blessings and financial things, Just be faithful in the small things. Uh, Because God is preparing you. He's setting you up to succeed. But from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away and throw the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When I read that scripture, I was thinking, wow. 
There is no comfort zone. There's no comfort zone in, in your life, in your walk with the Lord. You may think, I don't know what my talent is, I'm too scared, I'm shy, I ain't got the time, it's, it's hard work. Whatever your reason is for not using your gifts, there is nowhere to hide. There is no comfort zone. Because the Bible says that, but from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. So I was thinking, so if I've got nothing, Lord, how can you take something away from nothing? Well, that means, it simply means that what you have, to you it's nothing, but you can have worse. You can have minus. You can have minus. Amen. So while you're comfortable in your little room with your little bread and water, you could lose your room. You could have health issues. You could have relationship issues. It, it will get worse. That's what the Bible says. It says, but from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. There's a minus. There is no comfort zone. Amen. Things can get worse, and they do. I've, my life has gone round in circles several times, and sometimes it takes realising that I've been here before. <laughs> why have I been here before? What, why am I, am I going round in circles? Oh, perhaps I need to do what God's told me to do. Because, because of the grace of God, he'll allow you to go round in circles. And that is a good place to be. Before you get to the place where it's a minus, because the minus then led to throw the unprofitable servant out in, into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There is no comfort zone. Things can get worse. You do have some control over your life. You are the one that has to choose you this day who you will serve. God can't make you do it. On Friday at uh, my father-in-law's funeral, one of my very dear friends was the officiating minister. And it was lovely to see her um, conduct the, the kind of the service. Uh, I've known her for a very long time and she's got her own ministry with her husband. And a number of years ago, myself and Patrick met her and she told us that, she had, that God had called her to, to, to minister at funerals. And we looked at each other, and we looked at her, <laughs> and then we looked at each other, and thankfully, she started laughing. She said, I know. <laughs> she said, I know. It is a strange thing to be called to minister at funerals because they, 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 they can be morbid, you know? So, but in asking her to, to preside over the ceremony, and seeing her in action on Friday, I was so, so proud of her. She delivered, a, she delivered a deep, penetrating message with such grace, such softness. Her words were soothing. And it, it was like a, a caress. You know, how, how she used God's word so skillfully to caress you and comfort you while at the same time 
telling you the truth, amen, and challenging you about your own life. And as I saw her in action, I was so proud of her. And I said, Lord, that's why you've called her to minister, to minister this way at funerals. And she's been doing it for 10 years now. Wow. You know? And I, it made me think, wow, when you've got the people that God has gifted in the right place, yeah. how, easy yeah. it, it, yeah. how easy it is to yeah. operate and yeah. function the way God has called you to. But she had to start with the small things, with the simple things. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do today. The world needs you. I was talking to uh, another minister who was there in the evening. And um, she was talking about the church she goes to and some of the challenges. So I said to her, you know what? I don't believe that it's about church anymore, where you go. I believe that God is putting us, we are the church where we are, in our workplace, in our families, you know, in, in, in the shopping line, in the shopping mall. Everybody we meet, we've got enough of the anointing, we've got enough of God's presence, we've got enough testimonies, experience, we've got enough of God's joy to just, to just transform and touch people's lives. They're not coming to church it's almost as if God has, you know, changed, changed his model. And just like when Jesus said, you go out, you go out, you go out. This is where you just get your petrol and out you go, off you go, off you go. This isn't where you come and behave like a Christian. I don't really care. We're all Christians or you look like you're a Christian. You know, which one are you? Go out, go out. Let your light shine. Do what God's called you to do. Let them look at you and wonder, what is it about you? Why it, things look so easy? You're looking so good. Well, praise God, I should. I serve the master. One of my friends on Friday said, I love seeing you and your husband dance together. And I said to her, I decided long ago that my life is not going to be work and church. I said, we need romance. You know, why should we not? We've got, we've got the license. We've got the Lord. <laughs> Huh? Why, why can why? I don't want to see dry Christian marriages anymore. No, we need to let our light shine. So, in in summary, I just want to encourage you. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be romance. It's legal. Some of you may need a you may need a big dose of anointing oil, but you know, God can do it. So in summary, the timing of what we do is important. The servants, when they, were, when they were given their talents, they immediately went. They did it immediately. And it made me think, right, <coughs> because there was a delay between the master returning, then thankfully they had a long period of peace while they waited for him because they had done what they were told to do. They had multiplied and utilised their gifts and talents. Timing is important. Use your God-given talents given to you according to your ability. He gave them to you. He knows you. Don't ever look at somebody else and wonder, oh, I wish I could. I wonder why. We cannot compare. Our gifts and talents are not transferable. 
they are individual and with Michael Keaton called Multiplicity and it was one of those kind of comedy films it's quite why well, I like those kind of goofy films so he was a um, he was an overworked uh, project manager on a building site and he discovered a way to multiply himself and so he he found he multiplied another one of him that could be the, the husband and take care of the kids and then when that husband was overworked then he multiplied another one who would be involved in uh, maybe taking the kids out. But each, each model of him, each replica, was more inferior than the first. We cannot, we cannot transfer, because even if you could, it would not be the same quality. You don't want anything that is not God-given. You want the right quality you want God-given. And that's what God is going to use to promote you and to provide for you and to glorify him. We need the right attitude because that opens doors for us and qualifies us. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We cannot look at reasons why we draw back and justify sitting on our laurels, sitting on our hands and waiting for God to do it or someone else to do it. If he's put it on your heart, if he's equipped you, then that's your responsibility. But he helps you with it. He doesn't load it on you and, and leave it, leave you with that burden. So as I close, I just want to, I want to encourage you all to think about the ten virgins, that they all looked the same, that there was no way of telling what was inside that God has given you all talents and abilities and it's important to use them because God is setting you up for success. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, um, Mitzi, you know, you were speaking about your friend who's got this gift. Okay, your gift is to spank and soothe at the same time. Okay, I, I don't know anyone else who can speak and spank you and make you feel good about it at the same time. You know, that has to be a, <laughs> that has to be a gift. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.